0: Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my
1: board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. What a beautiful throw by the Baker. Victor Hasta la vista, baby! Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jake Burns. Before we get started, a reminder... Our good friends over at TickPick.com, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com, the original no-fee site. This ticket price you see when you check out the prices for any game, including any upcoming Browns home game. Maybe you want to go to the Denver game on Thursday night. You can get that price when you check out. There are no hidden fees that can sometimes double the price advertised. They don't do that at TickPick.com. If you actually do find a cheaper ticket, They'll match the difference up to 110%. That's how confident TickPick is, that they give you the best price for every seat available. They're fantastic in that way. I've used them before. I'll continue to use them. Great app as well that will allow you to find an Uber or restaurants near a ballpark. Fantastic stuff over at TickPick.com. Download their app. Go to the website. If you're a first-time user, you get $10 off your first order by going there and using the promo code BreakdownTickPick.com slash Breakdown for all OBR Film Breakdown users. Take advantage of that offer. We are going to do a combo comprehensive review here because we're we're in in the midst of a really short and weird week. As you know, the Browns have three a whopping three days of preparation time here to get things right before Denver comes into Cleveland. We all know about the injury issues. We're going to spend some time just kind of going through the data we're going to spend some time going through pro football focus kind of kind of talk about the metrics let's start with offense okay so personnel wise this is clearly the highest volume of 11 personnel they've had in any one game okay they ran 56 snaps let me double check that number to give you guys a total sorry 55 snaps of total offense 11 personnel for 33 of those snaps, 12 personnel for 6, 13 personnel for 8, 21 personnel for 7, 22 personnel one time. So, you know, this is an obvious reason why, guys, is that they're playing from behind most of the game. And when you're playing from behind, you're consistently throwing. And when the Browns get into predictable throwing situations, they run 11 personnel almost exclusively. Okay? So that is... Quite obviously, the reason why you saw the highest percentage of that uh, up over, well over fifty percent into the sixty percent range for eleven personnel in this game, very easily explainable. Uh, there were five times the uh, the Browns were faced with the Cardinals' DBs. Only three of them on the field. Five times that happens, the Brown went for the Browns went for negative six yards, so they were ill prepared to throw or run against those six-two looks that they were dealing with. The Cardinals blitzed nine times. They blitzed six-plus defenders one time, seven-plus defenders two times. Both times were inside the red zone, which both times resulted in failures from the Browns on fourth down. They, they went cover zero and house blitzed them twice. The first time was when Baker was sacked. Second time was the drop or nice pass breakup from Robert uh, Alford there on, on uh, Odell's, I don't know, Incompletion there on fourth and two. So that's a little bit of what you're looking at data-wise for the offense. Performances. Let's go through the performances. okay? Um, We'll start with Baker. Broke him down with Mark Schofield. We're going to have him on the uh, Twitch show tomorrow. So if you want to check out the Tuesday night Twitch show, Chalk Talk, which is where we'll be consistently. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, I guess it's tonight uh, we, we went through it, and I will post the replay of that so you can go see it. Baker's 19 of 28. He has 234 yards on the day, two touchdowns, one interception. When kept clean, he had a 71.4 pass grade. He was 14 of 22 for 130, a touchdown interception. Had one turnover-worthy play, which was the interception he threw, high and outside to Richard Higgins. When he was under pressure, he was 5 of 6 for 104 yards, Pretty solid passing metrics. He actually threw his touchdown when he was under pressure, but uh, that would have been the Hail Mary touchdown. Only a 42.3 grade because he had two fumbles when he was under pressure, two lost fumbles. When he was not blitzed, he had a 64.4 pass grade, 15 of 22, 207, two touchdowns, one interception. When he was blitzed, four of six, only 27 yards, a 59.5 pass grade. Okay, Play action passes, he won 83.9 grade, 5 of 5, 44 yards, no play action. He had a 54.7 pass grade, a really poor fumble grade. Obviously, we know why. 14 of 23, 192 touchdowns in that department. His best game on deep throws of 20-plus yards downfield, he had a 96.7 grade on deep throws, 20-plus downfield, breaking a streak of 0 for his last 11. He throws 3-of-3, three three, 106, a touchdown. Medium, he was 3-of-6 on those medium throws, 10-of-19, 67.5 total passing grade. Short, he was 64.7, one of his lower metric numbers of the year, eight completions, 13 attempts, 47 yards, a touchdown. And behind the line of scrimmage, he got a 64.6 grade, 5-of-5. Five five. So that kind of covers Baker. Uh, again, I broke him down more extensively with Mark. We did so on Twitch. It's about a 50-minute segment, so you can feel free to check that out. I think it's well worth your time to get into the granular stuff about Baker's film, the uh, decision-making processes, all of that stuff. Uh, Continuing down the trail of offense, and I should kind of go back and look at the team grades for the day as we do this. I think it sometimes can give you a little bit more insight. We'll talk specific players here in just a second. So, on the day, uh, the Browns had their, let's check out where they struggled the most. Uh, the Vikings game is where they had their worst collective pass grade as a team, 59.3. Uh, sorry, 59.3 was the Cardinals, the Vikings it was 47.5, we all know why. Now, pass blocking and receiving grades, pretty good. The 76.7 the Browns had collectively in pass blocking in this Cardinals game was the season high. Season high number, 76.7. Receiving grade was a 71.9. The run grade and run blocking, though, were season lows. We'll talk about that in a bit. But let's shift over to specifically this Cardinals game and dig into some of the data here. Because I think we got to really pick apart what went right and what went wrong and uh, try to figure out specifically why those numbers got as high as they did for some of these guys. So looking at pass blocking specifically to start this out, there were 18 true pass sets in this game, okay? So the 18 true pass sets, J.C. Treader grades out in an 81.6, Wyatt Teller 78.5, Joe Batonio 70.7. Reminder, those are the two hardest blocking assignments there are. It's where you, you, you know, it's predictable pass situations. You get no help, very little help. And that's, uh, that's kind of your true pass sets. So actually not bad from Hudson, a 56.2 and Hans a 63.4 in those true pass sets. Hans allowed one hit, one hurry for his two pressures. Hudson allowed two hurries. Joel Batonio allowed two hurries. Wyatt Teller allowed one hurry. So not terrible, Not as bad as you would think. For the game, collectively, the Browns allowed 13 pressures, 12 hurries. Only one quarterback hit was allowed by hands.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: So, little, you know, I don't know if that's the most honest thing here. I do think that Baker did a nice job. I noted it in the Twitch episode. I do think Baker did a really nice job evading some pressure that was, uh, you know, his tackles put on him here and there. Not sure I totally align with those. I thought the Browns didn't do as much to help uh, those tackles in this game as they did in, in the Chargers game because I think they – They didn't do a great job of planning for where J.J. Watt would be and tracking him throughout the game. I believe J.J. Watt had a really good game here. Uh, If I go back and look at defensive grades in the game, total combined, Marcus Golden stood out. He had seven total pressures. Watt had four. Watt had one sack. Jordan Hicks, the linebacker, had two sacks. Marcus Golden had two sacks as well for the five on the day, but they got 15 registered hurries on that side. So that means some of those hurries were accounted for in tight end or running blocking for Cleveland. So back to Cleveland pass blocking metrics. Uh, I think you got to really look at outside of that. Kareem Hunt did not do a very good job in protection. He gave up a pressure, uh, which was a result of a hurry. And then Hooper had a 30.8 grade in pass blocking and true pass sets on his one snap. He gave up a hurry as well. So those two account for the other ones that we didn't mention for the O-line. But apparently, according to this, they think they did pretty well. I think they're pretty inconsistent. I thought they could have done better, but again, they're dealing with two young, inexperienced tackles trying to do their best. Uh, the Browns the Browns run game. Let's continue. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to the run blocking when we look at rush grades. Let's look at receiving grades. Odell Beckham goes for a 90.3 receiving grade. He had five catches on eight targets, 79 yards. I thought he played pretty fine. It's obviously magnified by the, uh, the drop, whatever you want to call it. They don't even credit it as a drop, and really I don't either. When a DB gets their hand in there perfectly and breaks up a ball, sometimes the DBs make plays, and he made a really good play on it. Now, for the money he's making, he's got to make that play. You would like to see him make that play. Nonetheless, uh, it's hard, man it's hard you got but you got to make the play and other than that it was a pretty good day I Had 19 snaps outside four snaps in the slot donovan people's jones with an 83.8 thought he played extremely well four catches five targets he had six slot snaps 26 wide snaps he completed again seven for his last seven on contested catches he went three for three in this game on contested catch targets it's pretty great four first downs 158.3 rating when thrown in his direction I keep getting him the football, two touchdowns in the game. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is a pretty bright part of this uh, this future at the position. Otherwise, grades were pretty low for every other receiver that mattered. I'm not going to include Felton. Felton catches two screens. I thought he was pretty fine, you know, catching two screens for 14 yards. He's filling the role that they have for him. His role will expand this week. I don't think there's any doubt about that. It's going to be... It's going to be forced to be expanded because of the all hands on deck nature of the running back situation right now. So other receivers that got actual targets or should Austin Hooper has now one catch over the last two weeks for weeks for four yards. He has a 55.5 grade. He had one drop. The ball went through his hands on the first snap, little high should have been caught. Anthony Schwartz catches two of three targets for 11 yards, 54.5 receiving grade Rashard Higgins. A 50.8 receiving grade. He had two targets, no catches. And then David Njoku had a drop again, two targets, one catch, six yards. Su- supreme drop off from the week before. And so the Browns receiving between tight end, running back, wide receiver is just a maddening collection of who knows who's going to be the dude this week. It is so inconsistent. It's so It's so up and down. But I thought Odell was pretty good for the day. He got open. He created separation. He was missed sometimes. He was found sometimes. It's just not good enough. Not good enough collectively between all of them. Let's look at run blocking. 83.1 leads the way. Collective run blocking for Wyatt Teller. The Browns ran seven zone schemes in this game. Uh, They ran eight gap schemes in this game. As far as the total grades that were below Wyatt Teller's 83.1, 64.3, 61.4, 60.7, I mean, they were low. I mean, James Hudson is struggles in the run game. He just does not have a balance. He doesn't play with any top strength. 46.5 for him, especially struggles in zone where he was a 43.1 grade. 56.4, a little better in gap, but not much. Okay, Uh, Joel Batonio, 64 and a 62.1 in zone, so... Not their best game collectively. Blake Hans, 68.5 in zone, 51.2 in gap. Uh, I, you know, I just I just thought that the 6-2 stuff gave them fits. They did not handle it well. And that's why you see, I think, 73 total rushing yards outside of last year's game in New York against the Jets, where they ran for 45 yards. This is the second lowest rushing total in the game for Kevin Stefansky offense. They went for 75 in Pittsburgh last year when they visited early in the season, again, playing from behind a majority of the time. But the Browns had some neutral drives in this game, and they did not run it well. I mean, you're missing Nick Chubb matters, but they did not block it the way they traditionally block it or as well as they normally block it. So um, that's what you're left with. I mean, the run grades reflect that Dearness Johnson and his one attempt for two yards a 59.1 run grade Kareem Hunt runs 14 times 66 yards a 59.1 grade did not pass block very well 47.8 hate to lose him he's had such a good year you really hate to lose him uh, to the calf that's going to keep him out for a while he've created two missed tackles he had three 10 plus yard runs seven zone runs five gap runs that's really the extent of their running they did miss a reverse I thought. I thought was uh, was going to get pitched. I put it on the timeline, but it didn't happen. I don't know why it didn't. They came back to it later to Schwartz this time instead of Odell and resulted in a minor gain. Uh, no, Actually, I think that resulted in a loss, a negative three-yard loss. It was late. later in the third quarter, a little desperation going on. Didn't love it. But, listen, I thought the Cardinals played them well. I went back again. It'll be enlightening if you can watch the Twitch with Mark where we broke down the receiving quarterback play. The Cardinals covered all boot throws well. You know Baker, I think he ran five boot action plays in this game, covered up really well. I thought the Cardinals had a great feel for what they were doing in boot action passing, and the Browns did not really pass on many throws that they could make from those, from those schemes. They, they, the Cardinals had it dialed up. And again, they had a great answer for run game stuff and how they played their front, and I just didn't think – you know Cleveland had to play the quarterback play had to be pretty perfect and it wasn't perfect and the, and it, and it hurt them it hurt them and and but again i mean they're they're basing everything on baker but sometimes you have to sometimes you have to bank on your quarterback to get some of these tough wins you know where you don't have all the pieces you need and that's where if you want to be a 40 million dollar quarterback you got to make those throws if you're curious what throws i'm talking about you really got to watch the twitch episode tonight to get a feel for what i'm talking about It's not just me saying it. It's a lot of people saying it. Baker's not playing well enough. He's getting a second opinion on the shoulder. By the time this podcast is dropped, it it could be worse. Who knows? I don't know, but that is the extent of it. Offensively, they, they had some open plays. They had some chances to capitalize on drives. I wrote about all the fourth down failures they've had this year. Continue to think they'll be aggressive. I have no reason to think they won't be aggressive. I think they will continue to be aggressive. Is it always the right move to ignore the human element of this whole thing? I don't know. I really don't. I think that's something they really need to start weighing because the pressure of those fourth downs and like the magnitude of when you don't get it and you got to send your defense back on the field with another no point situation it's deflating to everybody, and I think that with the, the failures we're seeing, five of 12 in those situations this year, I think you kind of got to start asking the question, can we handle the, uh, the, the scheme necessary to get this first down on fourth down? I think that's fair at this point. Do I expect them to not be aggressive? I do not. I think they will still be aggressive. I think that's the, uh, the MO they're trying to establish.
0: This is the story of the one.
1: Switch over to the defense, which in this game allowed 352 yards, 5.1 yards per play. We'll start looking at rushing grades in a second because I thought that was the the spot where I was blown away by how bad it was for the compared to the rest of the season. From the defensive metric standpoint, they score a 61.3, which is their lowest grade of the season. You combine that with the lowest offensive collective grade of 66.2 and you get a blowout loss. Their run defense grade was a 59.5, which is actually a slight uptick uh, over the Cardinals game, or sorry, this is the Cardinals game, over the Chargers game where they went a 55.3. The problem is they didn't tackle well in this one, their worst tackling game of the year, 53.1. They did pass rush strong, 73.2 grade there, but the coverage was again down in the low 50s, two straight weeks in the low 50s. So three games, sorry, four games, they've had coverage grades in the 50s. Week one, week two, 56.9, 54.2. Then it jumped up, Bears and Vikings, 82.3, 77.5. Then it goes back down into the 50s, 50.1 against the Chargers, 54.7 against the Cardinals. The little broken right now, little broken. And when they play well, they're covering well. When they don't play well, they're not covering well. Pretty simple stuff. They played base defense six times. Did not expect base defense of the 69 snaps. Did not expect base defense to be a very big part of it. Just Arizona lives in 10 and 11 personnel, and the Browns are never going to play that matching personnel there. They played it six times, all of which was when the Cardinals went 12 personnel in the the Browns' red zone. Okay? They were going into the red zone. Nickel was uh, 54 snaps, which is what I expected. little interesting there couldn't be more dime because you're getting a lot of 10 personnel but they played a lot of nickel. They played a lot of two backers on the field. And only nine snaps of dime, which correlates to to Grant Delpit's nine snaps in the game. I don't know what's going on with Grant Delpit. There's some key things that I illustrated about players on my timeline today. Uh, one of which was John Johnson playing out of position. He's played so many snaps in deep coverage when he was a 50-50 guy for most of his career. John Johnson, 503 deep snaps in 2018, 467 in the box. He was hurt in 2019, so I throw that one out the window, but it was, again, the same discrepancy. 2020, he played 394 deep snaps, even more in the box last year, 459 snaps. This year, he's at 310 deep snaps, only 35 in the box. I elaborated on my timeline on Twitter why I think that's an interesting development and why he's not playing up to par. So, also wanted to note in this game... The Browns blitzed 13 times. People have made a large outcry here for more pressures, more blitzes. Okay, In this game alone, they blitzed 13 times. The Cardinals averaged 9.6 yards per play on those snaps, which accounted for seven total first downs. Four of six on third down attempts alone. Kyler went 9 of 11, a buck 25, and two touchdowns against the Blitz. So... You know, the Browns brought five on 12 of those blitzes. One time they brought six-plus. That one time resulted in a 34-yard chunk play to A.J. Green. It's uh, it's not working. There's still busted coverages. There's still two people running to a curl flat. There's still two people chasing a crosser in quarters that leaves a guy wide open behind. There's still people on third and 16 playing a hitch route instead of staying in quarters and quarter quarter half. They're still busting coverages, and it does not make sense. The coaches take the blame. The players take the blame. Who knows who's to blame, but it ain't working. And it's so weird to see them regress over the last two weeks when I thought they were in a pretty good spot with this thing. It's not like the Cardinals threw a bunch of tricky stuff at them. (laughs) In 13 snaps of pressure, they only played man behind it five times. They're playing zone. It's who they are. The problem is they ain't playing zone well and they're busting a ton of coverages lately. And there's apparently no trust in grant Delpin who only plays nine snaps. Ronnie Harrison's your deep safety. He's struggling. If you're looking at collective grades in this game, Ronnie Harrison plays it to a 55.7, gives up another touchdown four touchdowns accredited to him over the last two weeks. John Johnson plays 75 snaps, 63.8, 82.2 tackle grade, 63.4 coverage grade. Again, inconsistent with what they're asking him to do Troy Hill's metrics are a little better this week 72.4 he covered at a 64.2 Denzel 63.2 I, th- I they didn't give Denzel a touchdown they gave that touchdown to Troy Hill I just I can't get with that I just I, I don't know can't get with it 60.6 coverage grade for Denzel Anthony Walker the best linebacker metrics in 59 snaps a 73.0 run, uh, total defensive grade he had an 86.1 coverage grade Had a pass breakup. He only allowed four yards on three targets in his direction. JOK apparently is hurt uh, for the foreseeable future here. 63.5 grade, 27.9 tackle grade. They have accredited him with three missed tackles in this game alone. Okay. It's not good enough. Got to tackle people. Jadevian Clowney, the two edge players were bright spots in this game as the pressures were led by Clowney, who goes at an 86.0 grade, his pass rush 80.4, four pressures, one sack, one hit, two hurries. Miles, an 84.8 total grade, 85.3 pass rush grade. He ends up with five total pressures, a sack, and four hurries. Clowney gets the better run defense grade, 75.5 miles, 62.8. Malik Jackson is the only other person to really get credited for much much of anything. He gets three hurries. Jordan Elliott gets one hurry. The backup defensive ends, Joe Jackson, 13 snaps. No impactful snap or uh, uh, stats to speak of. Efei Odenebo, seven snaps. Nothing to talk about. No grades. Tack McKinley plays 26 snaps. He gets one tackle. No pressures. 63.4 grade. So... If you're looking at your best grades, we talked about it. Sione Takitaki, again, he plays Sam. He played eight defensive snaps. He had a 77.5. His job is pretty simple, and he's got it mastered. About 10 snaps a game, a lot of special teams. Elijah Lee plays seven snaps, a 68.0 grade. It's not really enough to register anything of note. Mac Wilson, seven snaps as well. These are all late in the game. Game was already over. Uh, at the bottom is Grant Delpit's nine snaps, 26.2 total grade. And it's, you know, the only thing of note here is he missed a tackle. He missed a missed a tackle on a right-now screen to DeAndre Hopkins in the slot. Cost him a touchdown. He's got to make that play. Maybe that's where the faith was lost. I'm not sure. Malik McDowell's worst game graded, 31, 32.1 overall grade, 61.2 pass rush. The run defense, 42.4. Okay, he did have one stop tackle, but it was clear that this was his worst, least impactful game. Greedy Williams, 54 snaps for Greedy, a 43.2 grade, 38.1 coverage. This is his worst game this year. Five catches on six targets, 79 yards, and a touchdown allowed there late in the game. Greg Newsome, also his worst graded game, 47.7, 43.6 total grade. He gave up one catch for 33 yards. Okay, that's really about it. Talked about Malik, talked about Ronnie. Those are your metrics. Defensively, We'll talk through it. We'll write it up. Uh, Just, again, too many miscommunications happening. I thought, I didn't think the Cardinals did anything special. And what bothered me was the the run from the gun stuff that the Browns have been shutting down for so long. Just not impactful. Now, again, you, you give up a couple tough drives with a lot of penalties early in the game. That snowball effect, your offense not scoring, it's 17-0 where you keep dealing with short fields after a fumble, to results in a touchdown, 14-0, an interception. You do actually hold them to three points after that interception, 17-0, and then it gets to 20 nothing. and it's like, you know your offense isn't doing much, you got a prayer answered at halftime with the Hail Mary, but that's about it. And it's deflating to a defense to keep trotting on the field when, you're, when your offense is not able to really muster much of anything. So at this point, I'm a little concerned. I'm not, I, actually, I'm a lot of concerned. A lot of concerned on both sides. I'm not sure where the offense is going. I feel like they're going to be extremely shorthanded. I don't even know who's starting a quarterback. Kevin Stefanski wouldn't commit to it. So I don't know where that's going. I don't know who's going to be the running back. Dearness Johnson, Demetric Felton, leaders in the clubhouse. I don't think Nick Chubb's going to make some miraculous comeback by Thursday, but I'm known to be wrong on these things, so we'll see. I don't know who's going to be the tackles for this game. They're not even going to practice enough to give us an indication of who could be the tackles for this game, so that will be tough. Defensively, it seems like JOK being out, not the end of the world, but also not good. He's been playing a ton. He played 64 snaps in this game. They want to get him on the field, but he seems like he could be headed to short-term IR We'll see. I don't know. Tough loss. I mean, Walker's back. Does that mean you're going to see more of uh, I don't know, Mack Wilson? I'm not sure who Elijah Lee cuz you're missing you're missing Malcolm Smith, so I don't really know what direction they're going to go there. A lot of questions, guys. The secondary, what 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 on earth is going on with Grant Delpit? Why he's going backward in progress, not playing much is concerning to me. Maybe the situation at linebacker now means that either John Johnson or Ronnie Harrison move down toward the box a little more full-time this week as a means to make up for the injuries that they're seeing at that position. Again, don't know. Could they do it? Sure. Uh, Will they do it? Guess is as good as mine. But things defensively for a team that loves to play quarters for all of the busts that they are having in quarters, I'm just confused where they're going at this point. And it's so disheartening after the week's three and four performances, where you thought, okay, they're starting to figure this out. They're tying and marrying the coverage and and the pressure. It's all looking right. And then, boom, these two weeks of return to what you feared. And they're performing as bad or worse than last year's defense, which we know was significantly less talented. So at the end of the day, the players can take blame, the coaches can take blame, but it's it's going to be on the coaches. You either coach it or you allow it. You either understand it, and that's great, but if your players don't understand it, why are you running it? There's a lot of questions that need to be asked, and I'm not sure there are great answers out there for them, but they have to be better. That's why they're paid millions of dollars as coaches is to coach them up and get them right or you lose your job. Not calling for that, but there, there's certainly people out there that are. And it is hard to, uh, to, to to, pick sides on this. The Browns need a win. They need a win in the worst way. You watched how the Titans won this primetime home Monday night football game, and you're like, man, the Browns need this type of win. They need a home win Thursday in front of their people to get back on track. The problem is who the hell is going to be playing in it. We do not know. Okay, we'll see in the coming days. I will have a write-up of this All-22 for you guys on both sides of the football collectively posted at the OBR by midday tomorrow with clips and highlights and all the stuff I normally give you for VIP subscribers. I will also uh, try to uh, uh, repost the Twitch. We're going to have the usual Twitch now on Tuesdays. We're going to have quarterback talk To start, we're going to have O-line play, and we're going to have defense. I'll have all three of them. I will post the replay if you would like to watch that. That's the place you're going to get the most insightful stuff. It just is. So check that out. And, yeah, if you would like to see that information, I will post them in those two places for you to consume. I urge you to join us at the OBR because you get really good insights uh, through those notes. So I appreciate you guys for checking out this podcast stay optimistic uh it's the only thing we can do i'm not sure i lay i raise your optimism much but i gotta shoot you straight the end of the day right that's what uh that's what i try to do here so we'll hope it flips on thursday night we will have our preview on wednesday with the broncos writer to cover who they are where they're at and what they bring to cleveland which will be here before we know it thanks for listening to today's podcast thanks for your subscriptions to the uh, podcast thank you for downloading it as you guys do and thank you for the great comments as well I genuinely genuinely from the bottom of my heart appreciate it so we'll catch you on Wednesday with the Broncos preview and then we'll have our game day preview the day of on Thursday all day for a night game we shall see let's keep our fingers crossed this injury report shakes out in the right direction guys have a great 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 Tuesday and we sign off with our usual go Browns